0: I'm Dr. Gene Hempster For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, March 7th, 2020.
1: The thing we have to the economic health of this nation has been...
0: ...more essential
1: economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Wee. ...in the dollar... We'll ...is great. It's
0: a late rally on Wall Street... It's ...too big
2: to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's ...amazing
3: what's been going on with the
0: economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, man? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest running, most respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith and Peter Lynch. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Casey. Glad you could finally I'm Late join. to the
2: party. Yeah, my bad. Well, it's
0: all right. Um, so, uh, not much happening this week, right?
2: No. Kind quiet. Anything, anything yeah. going on? <laughs>
0: what
2: have you guys been up to? Yeah.
0: All right. Well uh well that's a radio show. I guess we can just close it down right there.
2: We'll see you next week. Thanks so, for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs>
0: yeah, we had a uh a bit of a scare. We've had a bit of a scare for for you know, month now. Uh maybe a little longer. We've got um uh COVID nineteen coronavirus, novel coronavirus you can call it, whatever you want. It's cost a few folks their lives, a uh, few as in quite a few at this point. Uh, Globally, uh, serious, serious uh, situation. Um, No cure for it. No vaccine to keep you from getting it. Um, And it has caused fear in our financial markets as well. Uh, However, over the last few days, uh, market is up 1.29%. Now, if you looked individually and, you know, filtered my last comment over the last few days, the market's up. Well, that's not true. You might say, but overall we are positive and that's actually Thursday to Thursday. It's not including Friday this past week, but, uh, we, um, definitely have had, uh, some interesting happenings, not the least of which was the federal reserve chairman coming out and, uh, emergency. cutting an emergency, emergency, yeah. a, yeah. Yeah. A, a, a huge surprise. Yeah. yeah. Emergency rate cut by not only 25 but 50 basis points in this case. So uh, an emergency. So timing and magnitude of the cut was uh, was very surprising.
2: The market and, uh, just reacted so positively to
0: the news for 20 minutes. For about 20 minutes. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, and then uh, proceeded to sell off again. We've got a 10-year Treasury that hit 0.90 uh, percent. Lowest,
2: lowest ever, right? That Isn't is, it? yeah, yeah.
0: It's the lowest ever. Uh, you know, right after the Fed cut, I, it's, you know, maybe you can call me weird, but... Um, we <clears> do often. And, yeah, I don't doubt it. Uh, <laughs> me and my crew down in research at Hensler Financial decided that we would uh, make a, a almost football-like watch party out of this, and, and we watched that 10-year trail off and we thought that it was going to hold 1% and all of a sudden it popped through that um, right after the rate cut and then just kept going.
2: So what's causing the, the flight to uh, the bonds? I mean, obviously the market is volatile. Yeah. So people are moving their money from stocks to bonds and that's causing the the yield right to fall?
0: Well, I mean, uh, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, so anybody that ever tells you, that uh you know there's one thing going on in the market, and that's what's happening right now, yeah, is probably not watch the stock market long enough uh I would say that we came into two thousand twenty um, very expensive the market's valuation mm-hmm. looked way rich uh we now have an excuse in my opinion it's the coronavirus to has has caused fear of uh, economic slowing if you think about it um, you know we're not as productive on a daily basis if we can't go to our place of work or at least that's what uh, everyone would have you believe and I I can't say that I disagree with that especially in a manufacturing plant Uh, you haven't been able to figure that one out where you can work from home uh, manufacturing goods uh, maybe one day 3d printers man yeah well you can Come on, 3d robotics. print but, <laughs> but did you have one at home yeah no, no. Not no. Yet. yeah so so the the argument is uh quarantining uh all the manufacturing in china is going to is going to cause an issue with supply of goods uh, the, and the, not only that a demand for goods because right. you know mm-hmm. we, while you would look at the shelves uh you know in your local cvs maybe and and say well there's no lack of demand look all the the face masks have gone away
2: and the hand sanitizer hand sanitizer
0: (laughs) and various other things uh but reality is broad based demand for goods in general uh is expected to slow as well as supply of those goods uh, from the manufacturing plants that we have come to rely on and in China. Uh, what you might see as is a, is a longer term effect from this is a bit of a diversification of uh, sourcing. Uh, the supply chain management might, might come out different. But I really, you know, it's too soon to say that this is going to be short term. But I will say that we've seen signs of slowing of spread in China um, while we're seeing acceleration in other markets, mm-hmm. um, most Specifically, the United States and everything outside of China, there still doesn't seem to be uh a good handle on the virus outbreaks that we've seen in Italy or South Korea um but uh you know when when you look at all oh and by the way i I would be remiss if I didn't uh point this out, but when you look at the virus map uh the one without a single solitary case reported so far, North Korea which is right in the middle between hmm. two countries who have had major issues, um, South Korea and China. Kim Jong-un's
2: got it under control.
0: Uh, well, I mean, he would, <laughs> he would lead you to believe yeah. that. Yeah. He probably um, has
2: the cure, actually.
0: I, I remember a story a long time ago. He can lay ago. hands
2: on you if you'd like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would prefer <laughs> him not to touch me. Thanks. Uh, but uh, I, I remember a story a long time ago that his dad, the first time he ever went to play golf, Uh, had 18 holes in one. Yeah. He plays golf
2: about as well as Bill (laughs) Lako.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if he's that good. I think (laughs) Bill once split a ball and got two holes in one on the same
2: two consecutive
0: holes with one shot. Kim
2: Jong (laughs) ain't got nothing
0: on Bill. That's right. Dollar Bill. There you go. Anyway, I'm sure he'll listen to this soon. And by the way, Bill, that was Casey <laughs> Smith. Anyway, uh, so, you know, everything Everything that's happened this week is interesting. Now, one thing that's getting kind of lost in the shuffle, we had Super Tuesday right. uh, mm-hmm. this past week. And um, if you watched, we had a bit of a rally on Wednesday that uh, brought... Our market back to the point where we have that gain, and you yeah, know no, we're not feeling about.
2: the burn as much as we once were.
0: No, and actually, if you watched healthcare during that day,
2: yeah, healthcare,
0: healthcare has, was was a feeling the burn, all right. It was
2: about a ten year uh, ten year highs for some of those companies. Yeah, the best day in ten years, I guess. Right, for, a huge uh, rally in healthcare and some of the, yeah. the insurers. So obviously,
0: you know, as investors, I guess. Uh, uh, there's there's a bit of hope without Bernie that uh, pharmaceutical companies and yep. anybody in the distribution chain for pharmaceuticals uh, is actually going to be a little more profitable. Well, as you mentioned earlier,
2: Bernie. Troy, I mean, I think that you said it well when he said that the the coronavirus, while it may have been the, uh, given us a good excuse to have this pullback. This is something that you've been ringing the bell on. I know down in research for quite a while now, right? I mean, thinking that we we were at a point where Valuations looked pretty expensive relative to the earnings that these companies were reporting. Right. And uh, this was going to probably happen at some point. It's yeah. just a matter of you know the the virus gave us a, a tipping Catalyst. point to
0: to sure.
2: push us into that decline that we were kind of expecting to have happen at some point, and then mm-hmm. couple that with the fact that um, you know you've had Bernie do so well in some of the early primaries,
1: yeah,
2: um, and then the market I'm sure was reacting a little bit negatively to that, right? And so these kind of perfect storm of of events has led us to the place where we are, and then we're seeing a lot of volatility on both the up and the downside at this point, just reacting to any little bit of news one way or another, um, which, you know, I haven't been doing this for that long, but it does remind me a little bit of like 07, 08. Sure. Um Just with the, the wild swings. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: You see, you'll see, you uh, see 2 3% declines in a single day and maybe a couple of days consecutive. And then in the middle of that, you get a huge rally. You know, more than 2% in a single day. Well, and that's what they say, out. too, is
2: if, you know, if you are invested right now, probably better to just not do anything. Because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. when, when you have those big down days, uh, if you get out of the market, you might end up missing some of those big up days. And over time, true. those up days will, will wipe out a lot of the gain that you'll get over a long period of time.
0: A lot of the loss. Well, the up, day the up days out.
2: will wipe out the loss. Right? There we
0: go. I I'm just here to help. Well I'm
2: just, you know, what is that? They did a study a few years ago looking Oh, they up,
0: they do those studies frequently, right. Um
2: you and know, they, missing the ten best days or so out of out of like a ten year or twenty year period and wipes out like two thirds of your return absolutely. significant. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think on the other side they talk about missing the ten worst days does the same thing, but you can't uh likely you're not likely to miss uh one without missing the other. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you know, it's
2: gonna be hard to time it correctly on both ends of that.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's that's a tough thing to do. Well uh it surely has been a very interesting week and uh you know we've got uh lots to talk about. Um information technology still leading on the on the twelve month side uh if you look over the last uh short period of time over the last week. Uh utilities definitely um winning the day, but um you know it it all comes and goes. Stick around, we're gonna be right back with a dog of the week. You ain't
3: nothing but a hound dog.
0: This is the dog.
3: Dog of the Week. Dog of the Week this week is really
0: not so much a dog at all. It's, uh, how about a snake? Anybody? Eh. A guy in
2: We've done Guyana. weirder.
0: Oh, yeah, no, we have. Um, I mean, sour toe cocktails. That's not <laughs> any of it. Um, So there's a guy in Guyana, Africa. I think right? it's Guyana. Hey, Guyana, Guiana, Tomato, Tomato, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this guy, a security guard, um, was guarding a building, found a snake wrapped up in a tire. So I would think, you know, normally this wouldn't be on the nice end of town if you got tires in the front yard of the place with a snake in it. He decided that he wanted rid of the snake, so he lit the tire on fire to kill the snake. Hmm. Guess awesome. how that ended? <laughs> Not, Not too well, good. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh the uh, the tire fire spread to the grass, mm-hmm. which spread to other combustibles nearby and burned down the building he was guarding <laughs> all while he slept. Yes. Shortly after lighting the fire, it's said that he nodded off or at least that's the story that he's it's telling probably the nice local and
2: cozy by the fire.
0: <laughs> Maybe so. He he uh He nodded off. This was at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, by the way. (laughs) 1 o'clock in the afternoon, dude lights Snake on fire, falls asleep, burns building down, wakes up smelling smoke, calls the authorities. Who put the fire out quickly? The building. Now, the reason that I bring up it should have been in a nice part of town is because it really doesn't say that it's in a nice part of town. First of all, if you've got to have a guy to guard your building in the middle of the day, May not be the best part of Probably town. Probably not, yeah. Number two, though, is back in the 80s, this was a government building. Like, government entities occupied this building. I don't know what was going on there. Story doesn't say. All I know is, don't try to burn the snake down. Did the yeah. snake die? Yeah, I was about to say, well, that's the the, that's the most disappointing part of this whole story. <laughs> we don't know. snake uh. got away. We don't know, and I doubt that they went rummaging through to find the carcass of a dead snake.
2: Well, wow, that is a shame.
0: It really is. Now, runner-up this week would have been our change of time. Don't know if you guys saw, but Georgia is about to get the opportunity to vote on whether or not to use... I say whether or not. Now, our, our uh, state planning attorney at Hensler Financial has... Uh, slap me in the back of the head not literally but figuratively when i say whether or not he says whether there is no or not mm-hmm. so we get to vote on whether to use standard or saving daylight saving time because our senate has uh voted like unanimously Unanimous. yeah. to uh, to allow us to change and
2: and you guys were enlightening me on this i had not heard this until you guys just told me off the air a second ago but so that means conceivably, if I travel from Georgia to another state, then even if it's in the same eastern time zone, I could be on a different time.
0: That's correct, because yes. it does get decided state, state to state. by state. state. state.
2: Yeah. Man. If, yeah, if life no, was not confusing enough already. There's
0: no federal leadership. Can we, I don't know can if can we if we submit a
2: petition to just
0: change everyone to the same time. see you can submit a petition for anything you want. Well I'm gonna i, don't, I don't I'm know leading if you the charge understand. on this one. I don't know it. if you understand how this works. <laughs> so you guys have two votes to change what was it again? I wasn't listening. But I'm ready to sign. I I want to change
2: the the time every, universal time. Universal, universal standard time. time across the world.
0: Okay. So, so it's world. gonna be yeah. it's gonna be daylight when if it gets it's daylight four and o'clock we don't care. in
2: the Kennesaw, Georgia, then it's also going to be 4 o'clock in London, England. I don't care if it's dark or light. Even or though the sun rises five hours ahead of, doesn't matter. of you just Kennesaw, to, Georgia, East London.
0: You'll, you'll figure know. it out. You'll adjust. I may not sign. No, out. you're
1: absolutely <laughs> Retract.
0: You're <my laughs> <signature>. retracting? You're bailing? <laughs> Maybe you should have left it a little <laughs> more fuzzy. Right. You would have at least had two votes. Well, you know. uh, Two signatures, I'd say. Just not trying to simplify
2: things, guys. Yeah,
0: well, you didn't. Thanks, KC. <laughs>
2: I thought you were going to go with the dog of the week this week, being and maybe you did it last week. I didn't catch it, but the uh, the folks that are avoiding Corona beer, have you heard this? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> word. This yes, is, uh, unfortunately
0: I have, and uh, the fact that you didn't catch our dog of the week last week makes me question whether I should speak to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
2: so, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Around It's in my it. queue,
0: mm, in my yeah, podcast. I, I bet you're right.
1: Whether or not.
0: Yes, whether or not you get around to it (laughs) is another question. And, Chris, I hope you're just having a fit at the radio (laughs) right now. That's all I can say. All right, uh, we've got, believe it or not, this is a show about finance. Yeah. And uh, we talk about financial things and saving and interest rates and all the things we talked about in the first segment, not burning snakes and buildings down. But, uh, as much have, fun as that is. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, fire's pretty cool. The caveman in me is still alive and well. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'm lesser evolved than some. <laughs> but uh, we've got a situation where William and Andrea, have a a busy, full life uh, at the moment in their careers, uh, which they uh, absolutely enjoy, but they have two sons. Um, And William's dad recently had a stroke. Um, He's been transferred to a rehab nursing facility while he recovers. Um, But it actually has prompted them to ask questions about what they should have insurance for. So the need for insurance is actually a major planning issue. Um, sure. mm-hmm. More often than not, uh, the way the, the planning conversation, at least early on, goes is, uh, you know, have you been saving money? If the answer is no, uh, let's say for an emergency reserve, uh, after you get that done, or maybe while you're doing that, you get some insurance to mm-hmm. uh, to protect you in case of some unforeseen malady, uh, and then you go to investing money now we talk a lot on the show about investments and and how that works because so many people kind of like to jump to that portion of the conversation anyway but guys i thought that it would be good if we go through a little bit of why somebody might want to have life insurance and various other insurances and and kind of how the cycle works
2: yeah i mean life insurance obviously is the one that kind of comes to mind most frequently when you're talking about insurance um and that's definitely an important type of insurance no question uh our philosophy on life insurance is that you know you you buy it for income replacement you know it's a it's not necessarily the best investment vehicle um so there are th- there are advisors and insurance folks who will tell you that you can invest in life insurance and you get tax deferred growth and tax free withdrawals and all this good stuff we don't necessarily believe that that is the case most of the time. Um, you know, There are exceptions in, that can be made, but for the most part, life insurance is, is income replacement. Term insurance is going to be your cheapest source of uh, obtaining that, that uh, objective of replacing that income. But it is important to review it and make sure that you have enough um, and not too much even because you, you don't want to be paying premiums for insurance that, uh, that you don't really need. Um, but, I mean, the whole idea is just to protect you against loss of income. So if you're, in this case, William and Andrea, um, they're 43 and 38. They're relatively young. They probably have prime working years ahead of them. If something happens to one of them, um, then they might want to have something in place to make sure that the other one is taken care of.
1: And presumably they're healthy. That's right. important, too. Right.
2: Yeah, because yeah,
0: yeah. it's tough to get life insurance tough times get life when insurance. Uh, when you're not healthy. But, yeah. I mean, it probably would help to to flesh this out a little bit more. So if uh if both of them have have uh careers and both of you, you know, it's a two uh income household, then you would want insurance on both of them sufficient to cover uh what you believe their income would be for the next 15-20 years uh during their their working life.
2: Yeah, man, mm-hmm. presumably so you don't you don't want the the surviving spouse to have to scramble around and and figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to replace that income, if that's income that you're counting on,
0: yeah, or and, force them to downsize and you right, know, you know and make a really tough financial decision. Exactly,
2: but you also don't want to necessarily have enough life insurance to put you know put their grandchildren through college and right. all that stuff, you know, which yeah. I've, I've seen too often.
0: Right, and um, and I think it's probably also safe to say that if uh neither if if one or the other spouse is not drawing an income, would it also be reasonable to say that maybe they don't need life insurance
2: yeah probably so i mean th- they do have kids it says ages ten and fourteen um to the extent that those kids can kind of take care of themselves uh, you know if they're younger kids or even at this age uh you might want to have a little bit of of money set aside because somebody's got to you know if, if one of them is staying home with the children and and kind of keeping the house up and things like that then you you might want to have a little bit just to pr- provide for care for the children and um you know upkeep of the house and whatever that you're currently counting on that other spouse to provide all right um but you know uh, and we're going to run out of time here but we've just touched on this in terms of life insurance um there's another kind of more important I think Type of insurance that a lot of people overlook, and we'll probably hit that. Maybe when we come back from the break,
0: sounds great. I uh, I also have another question, which I will save for our next segment as well. But uh, stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. When we get back, we'll talk some more life insurance and various other financial situations. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. Those of you that uh, might want to ask us a financial question, we would love to hear from you. You can uh, actually call our question hotline. The number there is 1-855-429-9166. You can also... uh, Call and speak with a human. The way that that first line works, the question hotline, is uh, you call in. We have a recording. Uh, The recording will uh, end with a beep, and uh, you can uh, ask us your question. Then we take that recording. We play it on the air and answer right behind it. But if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask for Kelly Lynn. Uh, or the radio show. Uh, Kelly Lynn is our producer. She takes those questions. She gets them to the panel that we will have on, uh, whichever day. Um, and, uh, we can answer your questions in that manner. Or you can email us at drgenehensler.com. That's spelled D R G E N E at h E N S S L E R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, Hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, and if you find it, you can answer whatever question you might have for yourself. Usually, broad topics are covered there. If you've got something real specific, you're probably going to want to uh, call us or or uh, email us and, and get that question answered in that way. Um, and we would rather hear from you anyway. All right. So... Uh, we were talking earlier about life insurance, and before we leave that topic, Casey, I know you teased it a little bit. You want to move on to something else. There's other types of insurance to talk about, but why term insurance?
2: Yeah, so term, well, first of all, term is going to be your, probably your cheapest option in terms of insurance. Cheap. Um, I like insurance. Cheap. Yeah. Um, just, you know, there's no cash value in term insurance. It's just you pay your premium and if you don't die during the term, whatever that term is, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, what have you, then that money is, you know, kind of wasted, it's I guess, if you look at it that them, way. Right? But hey, you're still alive. So.
1: That's right. And you get to choose the dollar amount of the coverage you want. You right. get to choose the term, like you said, right. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. years—and and flexible.
2: The, and the other the other reason that term is, is a good option is because, you know, most of the time as you're as you're aging and saving, you know, you may buy a term insurance policy when you're 30 years old uh, for say, you know, 30 years. And so that'll take you till you're 60 years old. And you may say, well, I'm I'm, I'm going to plan to work until I'm 65 or 70. So that there's still some gap there. Well, maybe, but at the same time, you're going to be saving, you're going to be accumulating assets that could probably um, leave, uh, leave you in a pretty decent spot. Even if you were to pass away at the end of the term, then you, you might have some assets to fall back on by that point. So
1: Somewhat self-insure. Yeah,
2: exactly, self-insure at that point. And, and, there may, and if you wanted to retire, you know, then you would be right in line. Uh, in an ideal world, you would kind of retire at the end of the term. <laughs> um, that may or may not be possible depending on your financial circumstances, but um, that's kind of the idea is that you're going to be accumulating assets along the way. Um, All right. You know, so I did, we- did mention before uh, in terms of – Um, other types of insurance, you know, it's actually a greater likelihood that you're going to be disabled at some point during your working life than you're going to actually die um, during your working life. And so because of that, disability insurance is something that people often overlook. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times this is going to apply to doctors and lawyers and, you know, highly paid professionals. Um, but it, it doesn't mean it doesn't apply to just the average Joe, um, you know, employee either because... If you're sick or injured and you're not able to work for an extended period of time, then that's going to have an impact on your earning power, just like, you know, just like being dead would. <laughs> In fact, it's even more. It's even more impactful to some extent because you're because you are still alive. You know, yeah, you're still you're still consuming resources and right. things that um, are needed. So disability income insurance is is something that you should definitely talk to your financial advisor about make sure that you have adequate coverage a and lot they, of employees and they usually pay
1: it. a portion of what your income is exactly. correct yeah. 50% 70%
2: right yeah they they don't want to incentivize you to not work <laughs> because um, you know 100% disability insurance you probably see a lot of faulty claims or false claims but, but i'm sure, sure. You, you might see that anyway but um, yeah, I mean that. Generally, it's fifty to seventy percent of your income is what will be covered with a disability insurance policy. But um, and then as you age, uh, as you get closer to uh, maybe not working anymore, there's you know long-term care insurance. They might, call
0: it retirement, right?
2: Yeah, not retire- working that, anymore. Not working okay. anymore. yeah. <laughs> I just want to you make could,
0: sure that I wasn't lost.
2: Uh, I don't know. It depends on there's who you a ask, There's yeah. I think. There's a difference. <laughs> you, you could not be retired and still not work anymore, I suppose. Yeah, well. just showing yeah. up to collect the paycheck. I guess. <laughs> there, there's that.
0: That's usually a tough gig to find, though. It's a tough, tough gig, but if yeah. you can get it, yeah. I highly <laughs> recommend it. It's yeah. <laughs> great.
2: Um, but long-term care insurance would be, you know, covering for a – Uh, a need of, of care. Um, you know, a lot of times we think about this as like a nursing home or assisted living type of, of care. Um, when you're, you know, up in years and, um, you need assistance with normal kind of daily living activities like bathing and eating and transferring and things like that.
1: And Um, those aren't covered by Medicare,
2: not covered by Medicare. Exactly. So, uh, You know, that's typically people start looking for that, you know, somewhere around 50 to 60 years old, generally speaking. So Um, you're
0: saying that I'm in the market? Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: I don't sell insurance, but if I did,
0: I'd be knocking on your door. (laughs) I would be... Top <laughs> priority. Right? i got a guy Number that you can call Number one prospect. <laughs> yeah, I know that same guy, I believe.
1: <laughs> and it will protect the assets, as you were talking about earlier, that you've accumulated over time that you right. don't necessarily want to use for long-term care. Because exactly. it can be very expensive.
2: Even if you could self-insure, it yeah. might be helpful to have a policy. You know, if you have children and you have a desire to leave a legacy behind for them or you have charitable inclination, whatever the case may be. It's good to have a policy that could step in and help, you know, um, mitigate some of the using your own assets. I mean, it's all about risk management. That's really sure. what we're mm-hmm. talking about with insurance.
0: Well, I know, uh, you know, there's some strategies that you want to deal with on on long-term care as well. Uh, you know, you want to buy it early, probably not at 20 years old. In fact, I'd be amazed if they'd be willing to sell you. But buying early actually does give you a bit of a better price. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, the conventional wisdom says that if you... Even if you buy it at 50, and you buy it at 60, over the over the same period between the time you buy the insurance and the time you actually use the insurance, you're probably going to pay about the same amount in cumulative premiums. Um, you're just going to pay a lesser amount over a longer period of time if you buy it earlier. The big difference would be insurability. You know, if you buy it while you're younger and you're you know you're healthier and things like that. Then that can have an impact on the price. Yeah. But, so um, look
1: at a look at your history too, your health history. Absolutely. Maybe Alzheimer's is part of your health history. So yeah. maybe should look at getting it earlier before anything Exactly.
2: Because it could be you could end up in a situation where you're not insurable anymore and that would be bad if you actually needed the coverage. So
0: no doubt. Right. All right. Uh well guys, um that's a lot of good information. If uh if you have questions about that, you can reach both KC and Peter at seven seven oh four two nine nine one six six. Uh guys, let's move on. We got a question from Stephanie and Amal from Ballground who ask uh um well it sounds like more of a statement. Our old advisor put us in Ivy High Income Y, a high yield bond fund. Uh we knew it was a risky move, but we wanted to grow this portion quickly. Since early two thousand sixteen we've rapidly grown this part of our portfolio uh, now we're nervous. We want to get out of this and move our money into something safer than a high-yield bond fund. Uh, but we're clueless as to what to do. We want strong, stable growth. So people usually don't invest in uh, income, fixed income type investments for growth. Uh, it's pretty uncommon. But when you do talk about high yield, um, it does have some equity-like or stock-like uh Quality, qualities so i guess it's not terribly uncommon that you would see somebody you know kind of mistaken that uh it, it's it's uh they do tend to be less volatile than the stock market um but they also don't provide you with a whole lot of growth now i was looking at numbers uh on just the generic high yield market uh year to date as you know we've got uh, we've got a pretty good bit of volatility the stock market's been whips on back and forth uh, year to date at the moment i think it's down around 6% a little more um but at the same time the 20 year treasury uh investment as as uh you could buy an exchange traded fund TLT's the symbol uh for a, for a 20 year treasury um <clears throat> it's up about 10 or 11% year to date so you do get you know the ability to make some money and in uh, fixed income if you if you run the duration long enough where it comes out though is ivy high income is not a bad fund uh it's rated four stars but that's relative to all the other options in high yield but you know it most people aren't bond traders they don't understand how the market exactly works so if you're going to use bonds we usually say it's just a way to remove the volatility of the stock market uh, we prefer bonds over bond funds, and, uh, you know, that works into the 10-year rule that we talk about all the time. Any assets that you need within the next 10 years should be in bonds, but individual bonds that mature at a maturity, uh, date and, uh, value that is relatively close to the amount that you're gonna need in that year of retirement. So, uh, you know, when we look at things like that, uh, I'll tell you this, I don't think that it's time to buy a high-yield bond fund, but uh, it's also not uh, you know, a bad idea to be thinking of fixed income, especially if you need it for your spending. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with K.C. Uh, Smith and Peter Lynch. And, uh, guys, it's been a whole lot of fun and so far, and now we're trying to be a rock star, I guess. Huh? Man, that was one I have not heard yet. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, stick around. Mm-hmm. If you ever listen to the show, as we've already established, <laughs> you don't listen to the show that you are co-host of frequently. I mean, I, how, how can I get on anyone else? Hey, I didn't
1: if say I don't listen listening. frequently. Saturday I'm, mornings, 10 o'clock. 920. I actually yeah, prefer to, to
2: listen on the podcast format.
1: See there, so, and so you even know
0: work. that you can go to our website and Again. find these shows, record, you know, recorded. Yeah. You can sit and listen. I subscribe whenever you on want.
2: my iTunes. So you How know, about that, you can there.
0: even subscribe on. It iTunes. is out there. Itunes.
2: You know, but yeah. there's a lot of content out there, right? I don't have time for everything.
0: <laughs> well. If you're listening, listen here first. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Not that I'm jealous or anything, but uh, come on, man. All right, we got some questions. If you have questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Question hotline number, 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you call in, you'll get our recording. You uh, ask your question right behind that recording. We play it on the air and answer your question right behind it. You can also call and speak to a human being. The number there is seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six It's by the way the same number that you would get a hold of peter or k c uh but if you're calling with a radio question, just ask for the radio show or ask for Kelly Lynn, our producer. She will get your information uh including your question. She'll get it to us, and we will answer that as well uh if you prefer, you can email us drgenehensler.com Jean hensler dot com is our email address d r g e n e at dot com, And by the way, you can always go to our website, Hensler.com, and find lots of information on taxes, finances, saving, uh, financial planning. Insurance. Insurance. How about that for a show that we've been talking about insurance? And there you go. Uh, but broad topics we cover there. If it's more specific, we'd love for you to get in touch with us. We'd like to hear from you. So uh, we've got a question here from James from Marietta. says, I'm 68 and retiring. However, the buyer of my business wants me to sign a non-competition agreement. Is this normal?
2: Yes. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i got to tell you, uh, if if that was all the show was, I wouldn't listen either. No?
2: Okay. Yeah. So no, uh, you're we'll, bringing us all down, man. All right, we'll give you a little more. All then. right, good. So, yes, it is common. Um, you know, obviously, if you think about it, the buyer of your business, doesn't want you to go open up shop right next door and steal all the comp- the customers that you just you know sold to and him. Purchase, so, yeah. The, um, the
0: client list is a big portion. That's, that's a big. Usually, uh,
2: especially in a service business, but I mean, even in a in a yeah. you know, manufacturing it's, or whatever. It's,
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, an an intangible asset, right? Yeah. One you cannot kick. Yeah. But so, some,
2: sometimes, though, you can, you know, procure a little bit of a of a higher price for the non compete. You know, the, the non compete is not worthless. I mean, it, it has some value. Absolutely, to
0: it. like so I say, it's
2: intangible. It is intangible, and so it's either kind of can be built into the the price of the sale, or you might have some kind of separate agreement that, um, that as long as you're not competing, then they're going to give you some set of agreed upon amount of compensation for that.
0: Yeah, and what you also see quite often is not only a uh, non-competition or non-compete, as we usually call them, uh, you'll also see quite often that the the new owner will want you to work there uh, for a uh, stated period of time. So it it shows a transfer, uh, uh, you know, you're putting your... Uh, seal of acceptance on the new owner. Um you're trying to make sure that the transition is smooth. Less and disruption
2: is, to your yeah. you know employees, to your customers, to your suppliers, all right of, all of those different elements so
0: Exactly. And and while we're at it, why don't we talk just a smidge about uh intangible assets. Now if you go get a loan to buy a business, it's really hard for the bank to say, okay, I'm gonna give you um we'll just use round numbers five hundred thousand dollars for this business when all i see in assets is a hundred thousand yeah so the difference between the hundred thousand and the five hundred thousand is intangible yeah and what does that mean and how do you come to that conclusion it's it's actually you know beyond just looking at the assets you can you can go out and get a value on assets even used assets you'd find in the marketplace somewhere the fair market value, where they're for sale or where you've seen transactions that they have been purchased in, in uh, recent times. Right. But the difference between the tangible, those things you can kick, and the intangible, those things that you can't, is things like we're talking about here, the business uh, right. client, the client list, list. Uh, maybe it's Brand. patents. Sometimes right. goodwill. Um, goodwill. now goodwill is is a bit different, but uh, you know that's that's the excess of a business that you might have purchased, uh, and the reason that it was an excess is because it's, you know, the value is is uh, more than any of the assets or any of the identifiable assets that could have been previously identified. Uh, but you know the intangible piece is, hey, I can generate more money than just to pay off that 100000 in assets, right. I, I generate future more income. income. stream. Exactly. Yeah. It's the present value of the future income stream. This is just
2: like we talk about if you're looking at a stock. I mean, how often do you Precise see a stock right. trading for the value of its assets or book value? Never. How about yeah. never? If you do, then I'll yeah, tell you,
0: insurance companies <laughs> are relatively close to that, but right. think about what their assets are.
2: Yeah, their financial assets.
0: They are. It's it's a bunch of bonds. Yeah. They, they buy bonds and stocks to offset the risk of their payouts that they're going to have to make over time. Anyway, there is a huge difference, and don't be surprised if somebody asks you, hey, uh, how about while you're selling me this business that you don't take all my clients? (laughs) It uh, just makes sense. Yeah, it does. Totally. All right, uh, we've got another question we'd like to answer here. Julia says, I was listening to your show, and um, I think it was a few weeks ago when someone said in passing that he wished clients could see their after-tax reports. I'd like to know more. My husband is one of those never-sell and capital gains people, uh, anti-capital gains people. Uh, I am from the camp of sell at the top, take the gains off the table. How do I see how we're doing after taxes are paid?
2: Yeah, it's a good, good question. I think I was the one that uh, mentioned that I wish clients could see their after-tax statements, you know, so... A uh, couple of different meanings to that. I mean, in a, in a retirement account, any dollars that you take out of that account are taxable at your ordinary income rates. So regardless of what kind of asset it is, if it's a stock, if it's a bond, if it's cash, you pull it out of an IRA or a 401k account, and you pay tax at
0: whatever your marginal federal and state tax rates are. So you're saying that looking at my 401k um, statement at the end of the month, that it says I'm I've got a thousand bucks. I'm not a thousand air.
2: You're not a thousand air. Wow. You're like a seven hundred heir probably, wow. or something thereabouts.
0: Yeah. It's so, a, so you're saying that tax comes out the of tax the money comes out of the money. money. So
2: oh, after right. taxes, it's really worth you know maybe the twenty five sp- to forty yeah. percent depending on what tax bracket you're in. The amount that's spendable
0: is definitely less. Correct. Yeah.
2: Now in a taxable account or an after tax account like a brokerage account or just a you know regular. Savings account, what have you? Those are the taxes a little bit different. So you have capital gains tax, which is built up and accumulated in those investments over time, probably, uh, or losses that could be in there. But you know, if you added up all your gains and losses, and you had your kind of net cumulative unrealized gain or loss, and then you applied a tax rate to that, which is for capital gains, fifteen percent federal, unless you're in a a higher income bracket, it could
1: be twenty percent
2: federal. Um, so or it in could most be zero, cases, I guess.
1: more favorable than ordinary income tax.
2: Most cases, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so, you know, we explain this to clients a lot. And and just a quick example: if you have a stock that you bought for five dollars, or excuse me, you bought for one dollar and it's worth five dollars, so you have a four dollar gain. Your tax on that is sixty cents, right? Fifteen percent of of four dollars, so you'd be it'd be worth three forty after taxes. You know, to me, would you? Would you be willing to sell something for $4 more than you paid for it and get $3.40 back? Yeah, I mean, Probably, you yeah. got to give the government their piece, but at the end of the day... The
0: government always gets paid. Yeah. Every single time. Absolutely. Well, the thing you got to know is, um, you know, there there is a tax. You're never going to see a custodian that puts the after-tax amount on it. Often they don't even know what your tax rate is. My wife is going to be so disappointed to know that she's not married to a thousand-day, i got to tell you. (laughs) I say the markets are up again this week. Markets up. up. There we go. Thanks for listening to
3: Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only.